Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church Podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Pastor Elijah Hollis. I'm so excited you are here today in church. We came to have church today. I feel like there's a time to get things done. There's a time to pray, and then there's a time to possess. And you have to discern where you're at. Are you in the season of prayer? Or is it time that God is calling you to possess? You got to move out. And there came a time David did this very well when they carried the ark. There was times when they prayed, God, you have the victory. We know you do. We're praying for these things. We're claiming these things. God, we need these miracles to happen in our finances. God, we need these miracles to happen with our children. God, our marriage isn't where it's needing to be. God, we're praying for these things. And there's a time when David said, drop the Ark of the Covenant, stop praying, grab your swords, and let's fight because it's time to possess. There's a time to pray, and there's a time to possess. And you have to process what is God calling you to do right now. Because there's a lot of times we're praying so hard, but God isn't calling us to pray anymore. He's calling us to drop the Ark of the Covenant and go and possess the land that he's promised us already. He said, I've already won the victory. Now go and possess it. It's not yours to fight. It's yours to possess. You're praying for a victory that's already won. I'm praying for a victory for my marriage. Hey, it's already won. Start claiming it. Start possessing that land. Start shouting for the victory. Claim the promise. It's already yours. He's already won it. He's already went to the cross, and he already died and rose again from the dead. His power goes before you. It's already prepared a way for your feet. Now walk and possess the land that God has promised you. Come on, somebody. Time to move. It's time to move into that possession that God has already given us. Woo! Happy Thanksgiving week. Anybody else excited to eat? Come on, somebody. Man, we ate good yesterday. Oh, my word. We did our shelter takeover. Took over three shelters. Yo, let me just celebrate. We are seven weeks old as a church, and we took over three shelters. Come on, somebody. That's crazy. Woo! I love being a part of a generous church. Anybody else? I love being a part of a crazy, generous church. You know why? Because, and you know why we're generous? Let's just get to the bottom of it. We are generous because we care about the city way more than anybody else cares about it. Let's just be real. Everybody can care about the city, but we care more. And we don't care what the price tag is. We're going to see this city change in the name of Jesus. We're going to do whatever it takes. And I love being a part of a generous church because we're able to do the things that we do. We're able to love on people. We're able to encourage. We're able to show the city, hey, Churches aren't a take. Churches are a give. We're a gift to the city. We're not here to say, what can you do for us? We're a church. We're, star- we're starving. We need, we need, we need. And so many, that's, the, that's the, the view of the church is this take, take, take. No, no, no. We're here to redefine church. Say, hey, we're not here so you can meet our needs. We're here to meet your needs. We're here to serve you. What do you need? We're going to maximize what's going on in this city. There's amazing systems already going on. There's amazing people at work that have been working for years to get these things in process. You know what we're here to do? Elevate, maximize, bring God's strategy, and all of a sudden when the favor of God rests on the city, watch out, people. Watch out. 
There's no limit to what he can do. We're bringing the favor of God with us. And where the favor rests, whoo, baby, I'm excited. Yo, if you haven't grabbed one of these yet, we're in the series Heart Transfer. And I'm excited about what God's doing in our hearts. Because if he can own our hearts, he owns everything. And when, he, when, he, when we transfer our heart for his, and we get his heart inside of us, all of a sudden we can accomplish so much more. Because we align ourselves with the one who establishes our steps. And you can work, 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 work. Work, work, <laughs> you know. You can work, 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 work all you want. You can work, we always talk about the bank, you know. You can work, work, work for that loan. But until the bank establishes that loan, the loan means nothing. So you can work, 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 work. But if God doesn't get involved and establish your steps, your work means nothing. But when God gets involved, watch out. Because when he starts establishing your steps, you have less effort, more results. Anybody else want more results? Less effort, more results. Less frustration, more results. Because you trade your results for his results. When you align yourself with his heart. Because we can plan all we want. But the Bible says he's the one who establishes the steps. So I want you to grab one of these if you haven't already. They're my five cards. This is for our heart transfer. Because here's, here's what we want to do. We don't just want to hear this and get inspired by it. We want to make it our own. We're making this personal. We're saying, God, this isn't just for change as a whole. This is for me and my house. This is for me personally. And so we're, we're writing down five people that God lays on our heart. And we're praying that God breaks our heart for them. God breaks our heart and gives us opportunity to share with them the love of Jesus, uh, maybe to invite them out to a change thing or, or, or whatever it is that God would open up those doors. That's what we're claiming. And the scripture, I will give you a new heart, put a new spirit in you. Because when God puts his heart in us, we start acting differently. You can start changing a lot of things on the outside. But if you don't change the heart, nothing will really change. But when God gets a hold of your heart and he starts breaking you for the things that his heart breaks for. You start doing things you've never done before. You start working harder than you've ever worked before because your heart breaks for it. You're passionate about it. You seek it. So I got mine on my bed stand. So every time I wake up, I remember I'm going to pray over those people. I'm going to pray and get the heart of God inside of me because he says, I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. That's what we want. God, break our heart, soften it so that we stay aligned with what you are doing. Amen. The only the way we're going to transfer our heart, we talked about this, is, is getting empathy, stepping into the sandals of Jesus and seeing like he sees and feeling what he feels. It, you know, you'll, you'll never really understand what someone's going through until you've been there, done that. I remember, you know, all, all throughout my uh, youth pastoring at, at my dad's church, I would always go to the hospital and pray over people. But it was when my, my wife was in the hospital for months on end and we were there all the time, I understood what they were going through. And so all of a sudden, everything changed. It wasn't just going to visit somebody. I got it. I had empathy for them. And so when we step into the, the, the feet of Jesus and we say, all right, I want to walk in your shoes, God, see people like you see him, you start to feel his heartbeat because you get it. You start to see people not as individuals but as souls, as lost children, as those that he absolutely breaks for. And so we're always, we're transferring our heart for his so that we can trade our results for his results and start stepping into what he wants us to do. I love it too because we're trading up. We're getting more features. Y'all like more features? I do. We're trading for his heart because when he gets involved, 
He establishes the steps. We also talked about the secret of happiness, and that was last week. We talked about generosity and all about love and giving. Uh, and Jesus started this. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. The giving came out of the heart of love. When you love something passionately, it, you can't help but to give to it. When you love people, your time is spent giving to people. When you love the church, your time, resources, talents, everything goes, gives to the church. It's just the way it is. It's the way we're wired. And so God said, hey, put my love in your heart, and then out of that, you'll become the most generous people. And we talked about not even stopping at money, because money's just the, the tip of the iceberg. We talked about three areas that we're giving, our time, talent, and treasure. So we got three aspects that we're looking at saying, how are we giving them away? How are we giving what God has blessed us with? Because if we don't give it out, God will not trust us with it. Come on, somebody. So generosity is, is connected to the feeling of love. And your gift is the key that's going to get you into the door of the great. It's not the giver. The Bible says that the gift opens the door for the giver. Your gift, the generosity, is the only thing that's going to get you into the door of the greats those that God has destined you to be in front of. But you'll never get in that door unless you become generous and give your gift because it's the gift. It's the secret. It's the secret. It's the favor factor. And when you start being generous with the gift that God gave you, you step into his favor factor. And when the favor's on you, it doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter how much effort you put into it. It only matters that his favor is with you. And all of a sudden, you start doing things that are beyond your ability. I love that. Because you come to the end of yourself, and that's where you meet him. And where he, what he can do in you, through you, through your gift. And so we're being generous. We don't care the price. We're going to make sure that, that we give everything that we are so that God gets us exactly where we need to be. I'm excited for today. I'm talking about the altitude of gratitude. The altitude of of gratitude. Now, I was thinking about the, the title of this message and, and just really going back and forth. And at first I was like, oh, the attitude of gratitude, because that just makes sense because it rhymes and it flows off your tongue. And it's kind of fun to say attitude of gratitude and kind of wrap it, you know, attitude of gratitude, you know, like a white boy rap. But, but all that put aside, I was thinking about the attitude is just a starting point. But literally, gratitude is a whole new altitude. When you get into the, the works of gratefulness and you, you start having a heart that is thankful in all things, you raise yourself to a whole new altitude. You know what I'm saying? And it's like all of a sudden you, you don't have the perspective that you used to have when you're grateful and you have that. So I was like, all right, so the altitude of gratitude. I want to break this down today because, you know, when, when we first start talking, what do our parents tell us? Say thank you. Did you say thank you? Say thank you. They just say thank you. Did you say thank you for that? Say thank you. Come on, any parents in the room? Say thank you. Did you say thank you? Well, you're not being grateful. Say thank you. And uh, as a kid, you're just like, thank you. Thank you. You learn it very well. Thank you. Thank you. And sometimes you don't even know what you're saying. You don't even mean it. But you're like, thank you. Thank you. And the, the motions of gratefulness is easy because humans, we put this word on it saying thank you. And that's great. It's the act of gratefulness. Thank you. Thank you. We grew up with it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. And we learn how to do the actions of gratefulness. But the heart of gratefulness is a whole nother level. 
having the heart of gratitude, the attitude of gratitude is a whole other stage. And it actually takes intentionality by the individual. You can't just arrive at the attitude of gratitude. You can't. It's not a destination that we all end up at. Why? Because we're selfish. Let's be real. We were born selfish. Anybody else very selfish? Most people are selfish. I'm very selfish. I only think about myself. A lot of times it's hard because as humans, that's the way we're wired. We come out, it's all about us. Feed me, burp me, change me. You know, it's all about us and our thing that we got going on. So saying thank you is great, but we kind of deserve that. I deserve what you just did for me. And we, we went to the altar and we, we did our vows and you told me, you're, so I, I deserve the love that you're giving me. And, and my job, I'm a child of the king, so I, I deserve that raise. I deserve that promotion. That I've worked hard for I've worked for the company for this many years. I deserve that. And we get in this, this human cycle of, of thinking that we deserve things and get out of the attitude of gratitude. And we, we actually keep ourselves grounded. How many know that we're not meant to be grounded, but we're meant to fly? God made us to soar. And so when we, when we come down to this altitude that everyone else is on, we actually give up our altitude that we were meant to be on. We settle for walking on the ground when we were meant to fly. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12, it says, Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord, and who admonish you. Hold them in highest regard and love because of their work. Live in peace with each other, and we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive, encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with everyone, make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. He's talking about outward stuff, right? He's talking about the works and, and being disruptive and encouraging people. It's all the things that are outside. And there's a difference with the outcome that is on the outside and the outcome that is on the inside. And this is where I want to get to today because the attitude of gratitude is all about the outcome that is going on inside of you. Everybody say inside of me. It's inside. It's deep inside. It's deep inside. It's not on the outside because a lot of times we base our life on the outside outcome. Y'all do that? I do that. If my life's not going the way I think it is, it's the outcome, and it makes me feel like what the jazz is going on with my life. The outcome, all it affects me. It affects me so much. And he's talking about this, and he goes on to this outside. He's like, you know, mess with the people that are, you know, encourage those that are being disruptive. Encourage those that are disheartened. You know, make sure that everything's going good on the outside. And then he switches focuses, and he talks about the outcome that's on the inside. And this is where I want to land today. At verse 16, he gives three principles to put in place in order to be in the perfect will of God. How many want the perfect will of God in your life? I do. Man, I want the perfect will. I don't want to just settle for a little bit. I want to be in alignment with what he's doing. So he gives us three principles to set in place. Verse 16, he says, rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Another translation says, his perfect will. 16, rejoice always. Now that's hard. Because when the outcome, when our eyes are on the outcome that is around us, rejoicing ain't the thing that's coming to our mind first. Thank God I showed up to work and I have a billion emails to answer. Woo, thank you, Jesus. You are good. 
oh, that's the worst day I've had all year. Praise the Lord. This rush hour traffic is awesome. That person that just flipped me off, I just love him. So praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You're right. We don't do that, right? It's not rejoicing always. Why? Because the outcome around us isn't matching what we think we should be rejoicing over. Is that right? We don't think it matches. And so we don't rejoice. He says, rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. Because when you're aware of what's been done for you, you can rejoice for what you're in. Because, see, here's the deal. We have to understand that God is on the throne and that he has perfect plan for our lives. And that everything is set in motion by him. We had this thing in my family where we always talked about divine detours. Divine detours. And forever you can be frustrated with the detours in your life. Because you can have things that happen to you that get you off track from what you thought you were to be. And you thought you were going to be at this stage in life, but you're not. It's a detour. And you're like, what the jazz is going on? I was supposed to be here. And we were supposed to be doing this. And I was supposed to be at work at this time. And, I was supposed, and I'm not supposed to be sitting in traffic. I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not supposed to be here this, with this relationship. I'm not supposed to be here. And you have all these detours. And we always talk about having divine detours. Because do you know that God designed your life and has the perfect plan for you? And a lot of times when we get set off track, when we get detoured, it might just be God trying to teach you a lesson. It might just be God detouring you so you don't jack things up. So that the thing that was going to happen, if you'd get there on time, doesn't happen to you now. A lot of times we're on the road, and we'd be on the side of the road with a flat tire, or we'd take a detour because of traffic or whatever, and then we'd, we'd always find out that there was like an accident, a huge accident, like five miles ahead of us. And we always praise God. Thank you, God, for the detour, because who knows if that could have been us. And a lot of times, God is trying to keep you from the things that you think you should be at because you're not ready for them yet. And he's getting you ready through the process so that you can handle the promise. But if you don't go through the process, you'll never be able to handle the promise. And so he wants to take you on a journey. He wants to take you on those divine detours. And it's an outlook because your outlook directly affects your outcome going on inside. Because if your outlook's off, your outcome's off. And if your outlook is, oh, my word, so frustrated. Why am I here? then your outcome will be, this is so frustrating. What a terrible life I live. Your outlook directly affects your outcome. And so you have to change your outlook. You have to get above the clouds. How do you do that? How do you do that? I, I want to look at Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. So many nuggets of truth in this, and I want to I tag on Colossians 3 and James 1, okay? We're going to do a little mesh and remix, all right? So Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. Check it. He says, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do it in the name of Jesus. Now, why? Why do we do this? Why do we do things in the name of Jesus? You got to see the second verse. James chapter 1, verse 16 says, don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good work and perfect gift is from above. Don't be deceived. You couldn't work hard enough for those good gifts. Everything is from him. And so if everything is from him, everything is to be given through him. 
So when we do things, everything we do, everything we say, it's through the name of the Lord Jesus. Why? Because everything that's been given to us is from him. It's an outlook. It's knowing where your help comes from. It's knowing where your gift was given from. Because if you think it's you, it's all deserving. Well, I shouldn't have to do that. Well, I shouldn't have to give. Well, I shouldn't have to be that. But when we change our perspective, when we change our outlook to say, wow, God, you bless me. Every good thing comes from you. Everything we do for others comes out of that in the name of Jesus because it came from him. We did this with the shelter where we came into these places and we served those individuals that can never repay us. I remember looking into uh, the eyes of a man and just loving on him and encouraging him and knowing he'll never be able to repay me for what we're doing for him today. But we do it in the name of the Lord Jesus because God gave the gift to me. And so I'm faithful with the gift to give it on. And he goes on in James chapter 1, verse 17. He says, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heaven lights, who does not change like the shifting shadow. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be kind, a kind of first fruits of all he created. The ones that are starting it. The first fruits. The ones that are getting the ball rolling. Well, nothing's happening in our city. Well, nothing's going on. There's just no good people. There's no good people at my job. Nobody's in a good mood. Nobody's trying. Nobody's a Christ follower. Nobody loves Jesus. You're the first fruit. Maybe you were planted to get the ball rolling. Come on, somebody. Maybe you were called to be the one to start the thing in the name of the Lord Jesus. Life happens. Life doesn't stop. We've been praying for the by swingers. As our miracle baby, Benjamin, came into the world. Was it two and a half weeks now? And the, almost three weeks. Wow. And the little, our little miracle, we call him, came into the world. But life hit hard. Because it wasn't as we thought it should be, right? And some things happen in our life, and it hits hard. And it's like, this shouldn't have happened. I shouldn't have lost that job. Uh, my kids shouldn't be suffering with that. I shouldn't be going through this. And the pressures of life hit us at all angles. And the difference, and God spoke this into my spirit. He said, the pressure's not going to stop. It's not going to stop. But he said, think about the airplane. And the airplane has these wings and it has these flaps on the wings. And they go up and down. You ever seen them when you're flying? And the flaps use the pressure to elevate the airplane. And what we do is when we get into Christ Jesus and we, we learn to use the pressure of life to elevate ourselves to the altitude that he's designed us to be in. Because when we settle for ground living, all we can see is what's around us. But when we start realizing and rejoicing, wow, God, you planned this on purpose. This detour might not look like I planned it, but God, I know you have my life in your hands. And I'm pushing in. I'm rejoicing for the pressure. I'm rejoicing in what you're doing because I'm using that pressure to elevate myself to a new altitude. Come on, somebody. You got to use that pressure. Use that pressure because God doesn't want you to stay here. He designed you to soar. 
And you got to look at your life and say, okay, what's God using right now? What's God using? Because without the pressure, I'm not going to elevate to the place I need to be. So you got to start using that pressure. Say, all right, how do we move them flaps down? How do we use this pressure and elevate ourselves to the altitude to see above the clouds? Because that's where he wants you. He wants you above the clouds. Because when you see above the clouds, all of a sudden, all the pressures and things going on are underneath you. Right? Because you're an overcomer in Christ Jesus. And when you do all these things, you start to align yourself say, God, the outlook is you've done everything. You have everything in your hands, so I put my trust in you. I know that you have everything according to your plans. So when you have your new outlook, you start being grateful for everything. You start rejoicing in God. God, thank you. I don't know why I'm going through this detour, but God, thank you. We've never prayed so hard. Your house has never been covered like it's been covered. Who knows the depths of how we needed to pray because of the mission for that boy and what he's going to do in this world. And who knows, maybe we needed to cover him even more than we were going to if he, were all, he, were all, he came out all fine and dandy. We need to cover him because God's got a, a plan for him. We have to know that these are divine detours. These are divine detours. God has planned this. And so we're grateful in the midst of the circumstance. We're grateful in the midst of the life that's happening around us. We're grateful in the midst of the pressure because we understand something. God's using this pressure to elevate us to the altitude of gratitude. We rejoice in him. We pray. We seek him. God, we're praying. We rejoice, but we're still praying because we rejoice in you, but we still see the wall. We still see the circumstance. We still see the things coming against us. And but we're gonna we're gonna rejoice. God, we rejoice in you. And we give thanks in all circumstance. I think that's the hardest one. Hardest one. But that's understanding the divine detour. When we realize God has a plan in this pressure. God's got a plan in this process. And He's taking me somewhere. And He's developing me for something. He's getting me there. And in this moment, these days where we set a day aside for Thanksgiving, just to be grateful, just to say, hey, what's going on? I challenge you, go deeper. Start looking at your entire life. Start making it a daily thing. How can I be grateful for what God's doing? How can I rejoice in the midst of the pressure, understanding that he's trying to elevate me? He's trying to get me higher, trying to get me deeper into the things of him. I'm excited. I'm so grateful to be a part of a generous church. Can I tell you that I'm so excited because I believe that God is going to use this generosity to open up doors because it's in the gift that opens up the doors for the giver to get in front of the great. And without the generosity, we'll never get in front of the great. And so we have to give. And I'm so thankful to be a part of a church that is generous. It's like, hey, whatever it costs, let's do this thing. Let's do this thing. Thank you for being a church that we can give to our city. We can see things happen in the name of Jesus. We're not just standing by saying, God, we're praying. Oh, we're praying hard. We're putting, we're putting action to the process, right? We're not just praying. We're putting action to it. We're backing up our faith with action. So I want you to grab a hold of what you're giving today, okay? I want you to hold it in your hand because I want to pray over it, that God would bless it, do more with it than we could ever do on our own. Uh, you can give through envelope, app, online, three ways to give. But let's just pray today. God, we love you and we thank you for who you are. Thank you that you're a mighty God. 
There's none like you. We give everything into your hands because they're more capable than ours. And God, we pray that you would bring your kingdom down to earth as it is in heaven. We claim it in the name of Jesus. And God, I I pray that you would bless those that give generously to see this mission happen in Philadelphia and around the world, that we are seeing lives changed. We're seeing people come alive to their purpose so that others can find theirs. Thank you, God. Bless them. Put the favor on their life that they could walk in what you have for them. In your name we pray. And everybody said, amen. At Change Church, we believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at thisischangephl. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.